Hey everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. Um, I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. Uh, let's go around the horn. What's up guys? John J. Foster 15. Hey guys, I'm Jason, JSA17. Um, speaking of around the horn, um, this is where I made a segue in my mind to baseball. And that's, this is what it is right now, is I'm trying to find a way to get these points into score like you know like base runners into into home plate and and it just seems like i'm just leaving all these these points without actually driving the point home except for like two innings against arizona each game we did it yes we did sweep arizona which kind of gets lost in some of the crap that happened in la but we did play our pitching was amazing against arizona yeah, the pitching was dominant against Arizona, and the the one that um, really sticks out to me is I think our starters threw 21 innings, and they walked one guy in those 21 innings. So, and since that's wow, yeah, that's you'll take that all day long. And since Machado was in that mix, and that's kind of been his bugaboo is walking guys to get himself in some trouble, not being the guy. And then when you see that Kyle Freeland is going to make a start, it's just one of those, like, well, let's go see what yeah, how well Kyle does today. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not, you're never, you're never worried about Kyle Freeland so far this year. Um, and with a week to go, there's just never been a point that you go, oh, no, Kyle's starting tomorrow. And yeah, they I think said everybody was, everybody was pretty excited about it today, and he went out and did it again, you know. Uh, he looked he said great 13 today. consecutive, I think, 12 or 13 consecutive uh, less than three earned run starts. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the most consistent Rockies pitcher, almost ever, right? Ever, I'm willing to and say if, ever. And if the, I mean, if the season ended today, he would have a lower ERA than any Rockies pitcher in history. Um, and he's you know he's a qualified pitcher, so it's not like he lower ERA than any Rocky starter, I should say. Um, you know, it's not like he is barely at the at the mark for for qualifying which qualifying for those of you that don't know you have to pitch at least 162 innings mm-hmm. um it's not like he's barely over it or anything like that like kyle freeland is hopefully on his way to p- posting the lowest era um, for a rocky starter in history and he's doing it well you know pitching a lot freeland has thrown 189 innings so far and still has one more start to go so he'll be about 195 so it's not like he just barely got there yeah almost 200 innings after we saw him slow down or fatigue near the end of last year so much so he was put in the bullpen and this year he's just been consistently really really good all year long so it's, and it's, it's well, it's, it's cool to, I mean, obviously the whole hometown thing and then to see him do it in the 25th anniversary year and to see him do it when he picks purple every day. And, like, there's clear reasons why Kyle Freeland is a fan favorite beyond his on-field performance. Oh, for sure. Right. But Kyle Freeland can't do it all. Um, I mean, the pitching has really been the thing that's keeping us in it. Um, and and we, we are technically in it right now. Um, even though if we would have maybe won a game against the Dodgers or two even we could have maybe I mean technically we could still get the division technically yeah LA has six games left they get three at Arizona and three at San Francisco I mean we did just kind of murder Arizona 
life the last seven times we played them. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice if they could help us out by murdering LA now. I mean, if it, it's incredibly unlikely, but if for some reason we win our next three and LA loses their next three, we jump frog them, right? Yeah, we're only a game and a half out. I like jump frog. It's good. Jump, jump frog. frog. Well, jump and you frog. you know that the Giants and their fans are still going to be loud um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday because the Giants and their fans would do would love nothing more than to eliminate the Dodgers from the postseason. It would I mean, be great. For but them, if they're not going to make it, knocking the Giants out, or excuse me, knocking the Dodgers out would be their next best scenario. Yeah, but then you got the pesky Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals, their schedule's a little bit tougher than um, LA's leftover. They get three at home against Milwaukee, who, in my opinion, is, is just downright better than St. Louis. And they get three on the road in Chicago. And like Jason was saying with Giants fans, Cubs fans would love nothing more than to ruin the Cardinals' playoff opportunity. Hopefully uh, one of those two things happens. I just I, – I, go, I'm going to three games of this final homestand, um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, and I just – I can't wait to see how loud it is, and I certainly hope that it's loud and we're in a scenario where there's reason to be loud. You know, it would be yeah. just such a great end to – a cool season that we've had because with all even with all the offensive woes if the Rockies won out which I don't think that they will but if the Rockies won out they would match their um, franchise high for most records or most wins in a season so when Philly and Washington are basically at the same point Arizona was where their season's over Mm -hmm. and they're kind of in a tailspin they're both they're both eliminated Phil's got eliminated today I think yeah this Sunday and so they've got nothing else to do but like just let us win. I think that we um, avoid magically avoid both Nola and Scherzer in those upcoming series. Thank that would God. Be nice. Yeah. Especially Aaron Nola, because basically Philly's pitching staff is. Aaron it Nola. would be as if we had one Kyle Freeland and four Chad Bettises. <laughs> well, that's like that would be that's, rough. at least those are like number five starters rather than like Chatwoods. Yeah, I mean. There's, what is it, Zach Elfin, I think is his name. I get him confused with the dude who pits for the Padres, who has the same name, basically. But he he has starts where he looks really good, and then starts where he gets just, he lo- he's like Sensatella. Yeah. Where Sensatella has five innings, four and runs, and then throw has a perfect game into the sixth. And Velasquez had those flashes. He, he reminds me of current John Gray, where it's his stuff should make him better. He's just not. For some reason. Well, you'll be really excited to watch the game on Tuesday then, since it's Vince Velasquez against John Gray. Oh, we'll see which is, person's that better. Is, that is perfect. Uh, tomorrow night is Zach Eflin, and the Wednesday night game is, or excuse me, yeah, Wednesday night game is Nick Pavetta. Pavetta's got uh, some good stuff. Yeah. And then the Thursday day game is Jake Arrieta. So to go into a four-game series against the Phillies and completely avoid Nola That's a blessing. is sweet. Right. Yeah. And then we get Joe Ross for the Nationals. Eric Fetty, I suppose, oh, for the Nationals. He's a young guy who's, I think, got top us prospect. before. Yeah, top and prospect. And then got us before. Steven Strasburg versus John Gray on Sunday. I'd be surprised Although, if Strasburg pitches that game. And I will be surprised if John Gray makes two more starts because I think that they're going to try to skip one of his starts to get what? everything worked out. I for, mean, uh, 
if it comes down to needing that game, it'll be all hands on deck. Yeah. So, but so yeah, we have seven games against the Phillies and and Nationals, and and don't have to see Nola or Scherzer in either one of them. I mean, it's pretty great that we we're actually talking about maybe back to back post seasons for the Rockies. You know, I don't really remember '96 much, and '08 was always disappointing. Ninety, yeah, '95 uh, making it, and then the '96 was I think a decent team again. I think yeah. I want to say that '95 and '96. And 97 is the only time, yeah, it's 95, 96, 97, is the only time in Rockies history that we've had back-to-back-to-back winning seasons. It was, I think we were 83 and 79, both in 96 and 97. 83, 79. Yeah. And then, uh, other than that, we've only, this will only be our, th- our the third time that we've finished with back-to-back winning seasons. So even the winning seasons thing is kind of a big deal. And right. I know, like, everybody wants a division, and I want the division just as badly as everybody else, but if, if we got to get there some other way like i guess i could deal with it if i mean if this is no matter what happens if we got the division it would totally count and everything would be you know vindicated for 25 years of just us waiting for something like that but it's the pitching is great um we have to talk about the offense though um it's not great well that's it for the rockies pretty much (laughs) That's pretty much what you do with the Rockies offense. Like, well, it's, it's sometimes it's there. Well, um, at, at least there was a question of whether or not Trevor Story was going to play. It sounds like he was fairly close, and mm-hmm. Nolan looked a lot better the last two days. He's, so, yeah. And Charlie has hit, what, 15 straight games, 16? 15. 15, so, and DJ has... DJ's okay. decent, right? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, a couple of a couple of double plays, I think, but yeah, that's DJ's mo. DJ DP. Yeah. So I mean, if we can get Trevor Story back, Charlie's hitting, Nolan's looking better. Uh, that's that's good. Right, but this road trip was truly horrendous with the outcomes. Um, the Rockies' average since September 14th when they started the road trip was buck 78 mm. and yeah, yeah mendoza's got nothing on us huh? <laughs> on base percentage of 268 slugging at 213 Ooh. and the way people talk about the people talk about the 21 sorry people talk about the coors field hangover and at a certain point like a nine game road trip and three of those games being in chase and i know they won all three of those games but it's not like they had any offensive explosions anywhere mm-hmm. um you have to think too. Speaking of Chase, is there any chance that they have a humidor again next year? I think, I, I think now that it's set up, they're going to use it. But man, I, I think they got one. They, they got one more year. I bet they want no part of that. Yeah, they're wishing they didn't have it. And then you know, a lot of people were making a good point the other night that on Friday night the D-backs had the windows and their and the roof open, mm-hmm. and like people are talking about, it's. You can talk about Coors all you want, but Coors plays the same way every day. Whereas in Chase, they are able to influence how the ball flies, how the wind blows, you know, how warm it is in there, everything like that. Like, kind of based on who's pitching and how, what they need the outcome to be and everything like that. Like you can, those are major factors in a game. Whereas Coors is just Coors. I think you're allowed to change the um, environment at the top of the inning. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's like some rule that if you have like a dome, you're like, okay, well, we want to close it now. You have to wait till the top of the inning. 
You have to wait until the top of the inning. And then if you want to bring in the high-scoring baseballs, you have to wait until late in the game. <laughs> with, with two outs in the ninth. I'm it's, sure it's everybody just... has heard it, but somebody called into, was it Vic Lombardi's show? Yep, Vic yeah. Lombardi. Yeah, called into Vic Lombardi's show, uh, an Arizona fan, talking about how there needed to be an investigation because towards the end of the game against Arizona, when they were he- when they were here, towards the end of the game, the Rockies were using high-scoring baseballs, and the umpires were giving, you know, when the Rockies were batting, they had high-scoring baseballs, right. and there needed to be a congressional investigation. We, we mentioned it a little bit on the last pod. All right. But um, <laughs> it's still possible that we're using those high-scoring baseballs because how else are you going to get some offense? Yeah. I mean, we need it. I'll, uh, <laughs> I would love to see the o- I would love to see the offense. I would love to see the offense these next four days just like tacos every night. That would, like I would be almost more excited to score three runs in three different innings than seven runs in one inning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. String together a couple, and if there was a night they could could have strung together a couple, it would have been last night because right. especially early, you know, it was bases loaded or two on or bases loaded again and two on, and like last night mm-hmm. they had a lot of opportunities, and they did enough to win, but. Yeah, la- there was 11 left on base last night, I believe, to the yeah. Diamondbacks' one, which just speaks to how well we pitched. I mean, well, this today. road trip, we had batted um, 207 with runners in scoring. Yeah, and today I expected to be better just because we do hit Zach Godley well, but man, we just didn't have much today. Hampson got on segment zero outs, right? Yeah. Hampson. Yep. Jesus, Mr. Garrett. Um, and it, I mean, I, I think that would be. Not only would it be fun to be at those games if they, you know, pulled off a string of tacos, but if you're coming into that final series and you have scored a lot of runs in that Philly series, I think that is a big momentum thing for them. Well, it's. I mean, it's getting to the point where everybody on the offense is pressing. I mean. You can clearly see it. everyone's just holding that bat a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that everybody's well, struggling because they're desperately trying to get something done. And it's just compounding the issue of them not already being very good. Right, but Nolan's at bats today, he, he batted a little bit differently. He really saw the ball and the swing was better. Yeah, he did look better today. And he looked, he looked better last night, too. He looked better last night in that... In that double he drove today he actually he drove that ball it yeah. wasn't uh it was wasn't one of that yeah and it wasn't kind of that weak contact he's been making lately with stuff falling in like he hit that ball to the wall so it's good that nato's been doing well um surprisingly Herrera para wasn't the worst i um, para played the best out of any position player <laughs> i think this road trip he played well on defense he played well at the plate I mean, it was, it was the Gerardo Parra show for the last eight games. It was a couple of months ago I was saying, like, Parra's defense isn't that good, but he really stepped it up when somebody had to. I mean, I think, I don't know, I think he's just playing, like, he's positioning himself better pre-pitch. He just looks like he doesn't have to run as far anymore. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Because he, he's not that fast anymore. Cause yeah. He's seen a lot of things fall, but... There was a play in left today where he where he sprinted pretty well to get to it. Yeah, the shorter one. Mm-hmm. He um, also during some of the losses to San Francisco and LA was the one guy out there that looked like he was still like 
on it. Like he was out there having, he was enjoying himself, and when he did something well, or when somebody else did something well, he was really cheering loud, and everybody else just kind of looked a little. He looked like himself. Everybody else looked like they were grinding. Yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed seeing him having fun. I also enjoyed on Friday night Desmond. You know, Desmond's a pretty stoic guy, and that's fine. But he got a he got a base hit, and he was yelling and screaming and cheering coming out of the box and all the way to first base and i enjoyed seeing that from him too i mean anything positive for me and so take it so it's september 10th september 16th ian desmond actually didn't have a bad week he batted 364 that week um but recently he's back to 235 you know kind of his mo the lady years in washington and, and that one year in texas was he was just like you have two weeks where he's really good and then Two weeks he was really bad, and then two weeks he was really good, and two weeks he was really bad. He just seems to be extremely streaky, and I yep. don't think I don't think Coors helps him with that. July 9th to the 29th, he was kind of on fire with like a 478 week, a 333 week, a 313 week, and otherwise he pretty much is terrible. Yeah. Um, and him being terrible, um. But really expensive means that you have to play him. But at what cost and why would you do that? And who else could you play? And we're going to talk about the issue with having a really overpaid player who's not good after the break. Jason, there was this one part of this article about Jeff Bridich that seems to really incite some anger in some people. So, in a yeah, in a recent Jerry Krasnick article talking about DJ LeMay, who he, there was a little quote that was kind of just separate almost from the article, but included that was Jeff Bridich saying, "We're taking things step by step because you never know what can happen." We very much believe in the abilities of Rodgers and Hampson and even more guys in our system, but we're not in the business of gifting opportunities to young players just because they happen to be in the organization. They have to earn it. Now, a lot of people, and myself included, kind of took that as like, you're not gifting guys opportunities um, when they're doing well. Like, Rymel Tapia, for example, has done really well at AAA, or Ryan McMahon has done really well up here so it's not so much about gifting it to guys it's about like if your veterans like ian desmond are underperforming hey try to bring somebody else in to do something now john i think you have a different opinion on it it's not gift gifting is just such not a good word it's a a bad term yeah like these guys are bad term but i think john has a different opinion of it i bet he does i do and so for one thing how jason said it's from a jerry krasnick article about dj lemayhew that then Freemeyer then took out and made a whole different article out of. That bothered right. me. That's just one thing. The second thing is, I don't think that's... I think we all know that British, when he says things, they don't have a lot of substance to it. We see it when he's in the booth interviews. We see it when he has those press conferences when we sign somebody. He doesn't really say anything of substance. And I think this is part of that. And my reasoning is, is 2017, our starting staff opening week consisted of John Gray, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Sanzatella, 
Herman Marquez, and Tyler Anderson. What did Antonio Sensatella do to quote unquote earn his his uh, rotation spot? Nothing. He played well in spring training that year because in 2016 he only pitched 34 innings in Double A. That was it. He had shoulder issues. His mother died. The Rockies just let him go to Venezuela and let him hang out. So he didn't do. Any, he didn't even pitch in Triple A prior to 2017. And then Kyle Freeland. What did he do 2016? He pitched pretty mediocre in Double A and Triple A. He had a low walks or a low strikeout per nine, a mediocre walk per nine. He just wasn't very good. His ERA was three nine one, or yeah, three nine one and three eight seven. Not very good. He didn't quote unquote earn it. He just pitched well in spring training. And Herman Marquez, similar deal, barely pitched in Triple A before two thousand sixteen. So, I don't think that this quote is anything. So I guess my. But what else do we have? Well, and with the pitch, yeah, that's with the pitching staff. It, they ran with what they had, whereas with the position players, they do have a lot. You don't think that if DJ LeMahieu says I want fifteen per year, and there's no way we're going to pay him that, he's perfectly fine, quote unquote, gifting Garrett Hampson and Brendan Rodgers a chance in spring training. Oh, I agree with I you. I don't on know. That. I'm just saying that with like with using the pitchers as an example, there was not a sixth or seventh guy. Where using the position players as an example, there is a second guy or a third guy or a fourth guy, and those guys should be getting opportunities right now. When guys like Para have been bad or Desmond's been atrocious, or you know, I mean, that's when they should be getting those opportunities. Like, it all goes back Dude. to that night that um, when Story got hurt, and suddenly you had you know um Pat Malika playing Malika. shortstop I think and that's a Desmond at that's first black thing. and maybe it mm-hmm. is and maybe I, I mean it, and maybe it is but it seems like a, a sure in that case also seems like an organizational thing of like you didn't earn it so let's go with the veteran I mean I like black but sometimes I worry about his um with, with yeah, but with the pitchers, we didn't really have anybody else. Or like Kyle Freeland was rookie year. Mar- Marquez had to step forward. Chatwood was terrible. Um, Hoffman was disappointing. Um, Anderson was disappointing. Lyles was disappointing. That's a better statement. Was, I know. <laughs> better said cancer. Better yeah. said cancer. Yeah. Um. But I guess like even though Lyles was like the worst thing ever, it took what seven like. Four months or something until they really pulled him and put somebody else in and and it's just I think a start for a pitcher is much easier to see how terrible they are for British or, or black in this case because you put out your players there and somehow he's not reading the statistics that Desmond is not playing well consistently he drives and runs and so you have to have a bin because he drives and runs yeah. But he's not a consistent player. I've been, I think part of where that article, that article, the, the timing of that article was not ideal for Jeff Reddick. No, like I, because people are already frustrated with so many of the young guys right, right in the pine, and then that article came out and it just brought everything to a head. So I think I'll, I, I'm not. British does deserve blame for the lack of deadline deals, especially. When, we have no depth. Yeah, I mean that's that's where I think. British deserves blame with the playing time thing I think that's all on black and maybe it's a partly on British because if like for the Dodgers Dave Roberts doesn't really make the lineup the front office basically says 
here's the eight players we want starting, and then he makes the lineup from there. So he's kind of handicapped, whereas I don't think Breidich and Bud have that kind of relationship. I think Bud gets full control. So I, th- I think a lot more blame should be attributed to Bud for the young guys not getting playing time than Breidich. Mm-hmm. Breidich does hold some blame, but I think more of it is on Bud. And if it's not him making that decision, there has to be a certain point where he asserts control as a general manager and says, hey, man. Totally agree. You, you know, have you, to do something. You have to do, you, part of your job as manager is also developing these players. Totally agree, and that's why I say I think British does hold some of the blame for that, but I think the majority of it should be on Bud. Like, I like Bud Black, and I just don't feel like he's dumb enough to play Valeka every single time, but he is. Well, in, like, Valeka keeps getting these starts. It, look at his San, starts, look at his San Diego teams. They were really good pitching and terrible offensive-wise. Maybe this is just, like, what that's Bud does. Who he is. When he, when he brought Valeka in to play short... The head scratcher was why didn't you bring in Hampson to play short? No, exactly. When he when he brought mm-hmm. when he moved Ian Desmond to shortstop and then moved Pat Valeka to first, the head scratcher was why didn't you just move Desmond to shortstop and play McMahon at first? Like there was nothing defensible about that game. No, yeah, that was head's so itchy now from all the scratching. <laughs> uh, it's it makes no sense because Ryan McMahon has been a good player when he gets playing time. I mean, you, he had that like stretch where he literally won us two games and helped us tie a third game and he didn't get any playing time after that yeah got, he's right. had, he had 50, he's had 57 at bats or something like that since he hit that walk off homer against the Dodgers yeah it's frustrating and I completely understand if Ryan McMahon is frustrated I mean you're not making your your players happy with the situation where you're like why am I not playing why am I not seeing regular playing time you know you've got Ian Desmond out there and I think we've had to put Parr out there because kind of a, because of the defense and because he's not been the worst. He's not going to hit anything but singles, but well, and we're not going to see the worst. We're not going to see Tapia start a game. I mean, that's just not going to happen. The organization has made that abundantly clear. And then they're just going to have him bunt anyway. Yeah. So I mean, the outfield rotation, Dahl will play one of the corner spots, and Cargo Parra will sit. But it's like there's there's all these opportunities to platoon when, in September because you have so many people on your bench. You could just platoon Desmond anytime. I mean, you could anyway. platoon Desmond and McMahon throughout the year, and we just never did. And I think because, that's a Bud Black thing. And I'm pretty sick of it. What's a little weird with McMahon, though, too, that we've talked about is that uh, McMahon so far this year has murdered left-handed pitching and done the reverse pretty split. poorly against right-handed pitching. So... That does make it a little bit tougher to platoon him because your the traditional thought process would be that you'd start Desmond against lefties and McMahon against righties, but Des or McMahon does better against lefties as does Desmond. So who are you supposed to put at first base against righties? Pat Valeka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we've. I kind of wish we remember it like a long, long time ago where like Cargo should play first. They, they like gave him reps in spring training um, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so everybody kind of thought, well, that's the future for Cargo. And then they gave $70 million to Desmond. And I guess they had done, already done that. But it was, I, think every, I think everybody thought that Desmond would play a lot less first base than he has. I mean, go, they told us this last offseason he was going to play more left field than first base. And it's he's played probably happen. like 
30 innings in left field. Has he started a game in left field this year? I think he started one I think or four two. or five. Or two. Yeah. But yeah, it was bizarre because all offseason, even Desmond had come out and said he was going to play more left field at first base this year. And then especially if Holiday's in left field, although there was that Holiday throw that got um, that guy at second. Yeah, that was nice. Well, and the other thing on that is that if you're going to play uh, Desmond a lot more in left field with Holiday up, it makes even more sense to put Holiday at first base and have Desmond play left. And Bud Black legitimately said, or came out and legitimately said, he does not plan to play Holiday at first. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that I don't at all. Get it. So he actually played 138 innings in the outfield this year. Really, that is a lot more yeah. than expected. Just boring or something. I know, <laughs> black. So I was, that was probably when Blake was playing first base. So I was too mad at that, and I was just focusing on that. Right. <laughs> so, so what do we what do we do from here now that we have this information and that we have? Is I'm not sure. Is it the worst offense that we've ever had? Yes. You can look at it by runs scored which we're always going to be high in the league. We're not even in the top 10. I think this will be the first Rockies team that doesn't finish in the top 10 and run scored. And so we have we have the reasons. We have no depth because British didn't do anything to give us depth except for Drew Butera, which was still... You gave up, God, my head is so itchy. Fourth bad catcher. I guess you if I would say one thing about having a lack of offense but dominant pitching right now is I think that pitching wins in the playoffs and overhitting. Yes. So if but you have we, to score a, a run. And I understand, but if we get there, I would much rather have a dominant pitching staff and a bad offense than vice versa. Well, in last week, last last year, last episode we did, we went through what we thought the playoff rotation should be. So Jason, why don't you tell everybody what you think the playoff rotation should be? Assu- I forget the wild card game. Just assume we're in the division series. I mean, you got to go Freeland one. Marquez too. <laughs> yep. Two weeks ago, I would have said John Gray three, hundred percent. Yep. But and after the last two weeks, yeah. Uh, I mean, after the last two weeks, I guess you throw Sensatella in there. I guess, but I don't know. I like the uh, maybe piggyback. If we had to, we could like piggyback Sensatella. I mean, ideally, if we had Marquez Freeland one two, whichever order. Ideally, we would win those games because we have been winning those games now. So then you could just do whatever you wanted because you've got three more tries to get it. So you could in that third game, if it's a bunch of righties, go Sensatella, and if it's a bunch of lefties, go Anderson, and then just mm-hmm. kind of piggyback them. Yeah. If you got to have a bullpen game, you, you just Well, the it. Rockies' bullpen second half has actually really finally come around. Yeah. Well, Their XFIP's 3.75. I don't think it's any small part that Brian Shaw hasn't pitched mu- much. Yeah, I don't think that's any coincidence. Brian Shaw, McDonough, McGee. It's like, it's, well, also our guys are going long enough, like, okay, seven innings from our guy, and then you do um, O, Otto, and Davis, and then sometimes Russin hasn't been terrible. Yeah, Russin's looked better. It doesn't look like 2017 Russin, but he looks better. And Oberg. I mean, if you only have three innings, you only need five. People. If only Oberg could have gotten a save today. I know. I'm sorry. So many times you could have won the championship and you just can't. <laughs> Three straight years in second, huh, John? <laughs> it's just killing me. Always a second placer, <laughs> never a first placer. So going back to... I'm going to buy you a bridesmaid dress one of these days. 
just going back to the um, starters conversation, it was what ended up what ended up being in that Arizona thing. So to look at if you went Freeland, Marquez, Sensatella, um on Friday night, Marquez had seven innings pitched, gave up two runs, six hits, and had eleven strikeouts on zero walks. Sensei yesterday had seven innings pitched, gave up one run on three hits, had four strikeouts and zero walks. And Freeland, obviously today, had seven um, with no runs on seven hits with six Ks and one walk. So in 21 innings pitched, it was 300 runs, 16 hits, 21 strikeouts, and one walk from those three. So that'll win you a playoff series. That'll win you a playoff series. Well, that Sensei start, I know he's been doing better, but, like, nobody expected that. No. Yeah. I I, I know the Diamondbacks' offense hasn't been as good as it should be, but I I never would have expected Sensei to do that well. I mean, he has games like that where he just creates a bunch of weak contact and just looks. It's whenever that, um, whenever he can have a second pitch to play off his fastball that's going well, he's going to be really good that start. Well, and the other part of Sensei is that the game, the only game that we won in San Francisco was solely due to Antonio Sensatella, who pitched a good game and had that two RBI single. Yeah. He's coming. He's he's going to be a good part of this team down the line, whether it's as a, pitch, a starter or a reliever. He's going to be a part oh. of this team. So if, if it's a five-game series, um, would you even start Anderson? I wouldn't myself. First, I personally would not start him. You got enough travel time to just like get Freeland two starts. I think if we had a series with the Dodgers, which if we made the wild card, we'd probably play the Cubs. So maybe this doesn't count. But if the Cubs, I guess, have Rizzo, Schwarber, because you can't platoon as much in the They're playoffs because you're down to 25 rosters. And so I think if you had a bunch of lefties, it wouldn't be the worst idea. It might be better than starting John Gray right now, and that pains me to say. Right, right. John Gray has to start Game Three, though. I think. I agree. But man, even I, the arguably the biggest John Gray defender on our the side, greatest of Grays. Even I'm nervous about that. Wolfiest of wolves. I mean, in that in wolves. that in that huge spot against the Dodgers, he melted down again. Yeah. Was he getting squeezed that game or? Uh, he, could, he couldn't no. locate anyways. It, yeah, and I'm not going to give you those calls. And yeah. he threw he threw 50 pitches, and the only swing and a miss was a caught foul tip third strike by Ryu, so by the pitcher. Other than that, he didn't mm. induce one swing and a miss in those 50 it pitches. Was, That's a that was hard to watch. Problem. That's a huge problem. Was his velocity down like one or two miles per hour? His velocity was down as well. One. Yeah, you need to get that. Bud Black said it's the same issue that caused him to go down to AAA earlier this year. I don't know what that issue is. They won't say, obviously. But it's too much Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> he, was up, he was up late watching the Baker Mayfield start. There you go. Maybe. There was some pitcher who had like hand, foot, and mouth disease, and he's like, well, we're going to go play Fortnite. It was, was it Thor? Uh, yeah, I think it was Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is, uh, about that hour where we all just cross our fingers, um, 
I know the Rockies don't have to win every single game, but it sure does feel like it to me. I think for the division they have to. I don't know right. about the wild card, but for the division, they probably have to. Yeah. So I, I just, commented the subreddit that they, I commented to the subreddit that I thought they needed to win nine of ten, and a couple people scoffed, and I'm thinking to myself, like, do you honestly think that we can go win? eight of ten and expect the Dodgers to you know win five of ten because that's what we would need to not to avoid a play-in game or things like that like I still I think nine of ten gets us a wild card spot and I think ten of ten gives us a division spot I think we can go I just feel like Milwaukee's better than St. Louis so I feel like Milwaukee can win that series 2-1 or even sweep so I, th- I think seven wins is the lowest you can go but yeah, to feel better about it yourself, nine or ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I, I'm very worried that winning nine games squeaks us into the wild card. Now, we've already won three of those nine, so it's six of seven left. But I, right, so yeah. do we, do we do I just don't think – I think if we lose three games this week, we're out. Yeah, agreed. Oh, yeah, f- yeah, fully. Agreed. So uh, we want to do predictions the rest of the, ser- rest of the season – Oh, I'm so afraid. <laughs> uh, um, do you want me to get your pitching matchups? I can do that. I had it up. Uh, John Gray versus Zach Eflin. Eflin. Tyler Anderson versus Vince Velasquez. Oh, no, wait. John Gray's starting Tuesday, isn't he? So uh, John is Gray is starting against Vince Velasquez on Tuesday. Yeah, That's so this is so wrong. Well, that's supposedly, though, too, because there have been rumblings about them skipping John Gray's start, so yours might be right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, mine says John is pitching tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, they rumbled mine about... Mine says it's on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know what the heck yeah. is doing. ESPN says Tuesday. They, they have talked about skipping a John Gray start, though. That, that was in the mm-hmm. conversation. Like you, if, like you were talking about, if Sunday is a must-win, though, maybe you do want Gray pitching here so that... I would do K-free, it. K-Free, for example, isn't... So, like, you have k for Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, God, I am so afraid to predict anything here. I just want to say we're going to go 0-7 so that I can just reverse jinx it and be completely wrong. <laughs> reverse jinx it. 0-8. They actually, uh, the umpires mess up the game, and they call it twice Yeah. <laughs> against us. Oh, um, I would say I would say for some reason we're going to win the Anderson start. Um, and we're going to win the gray start, and then we'll score no runs against Nick Pavetta. Marquez will go eight innings of zero-run ball. We'll score no runs, and then Davis will allow one run, and we'll lose that game to the Phillies. Well, that's scary. I know. So I think we win three out of four against the Phillies, and then somehow three out of three against the Nationals. <sighs> <laughs> It would be it would be nice. I don't think it's likely, but I've I, I've got a feeling it's possible somehow, because something's gonna light a fire under somebody, or maybe we just give Ryan McMahon the starting of day. And, you know. If I'm a hundred percent realistic, I say we go five and two, and I don't know where those losses are gonna come, but I just seven games is a lot, and I guess. Um, I feel like we can't lose two in a row either. Yeah, I don't think it'll be two in a row. Like, if we lost on Wednesday and Saturday, I I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go five and two also. 
man, I don't know. I think that five and two could put you at tied with St. Louis, and I don't know. Do we play a playing game in that point? And St. Louis had a number this year, so it would be in St. Louis, right? Yeah. Which we can't win in. We can't win at Bush. We would need Marquez or Freeland, whoever starts that game, one of the two, to shove. Well, if Marquez hits his own home run, then, you know, we'd win the game. That'll count that's for a silver slipper. That's, what, that's the only thing you can do to Marquez start, is pray that there's somebody on base when Marquez is up. <laughs> so he can score his own. Well, hopefully next Sunday we're recording a podcast in a About good mood. About playoffs. Honestly, hopefully next Sunday we're recording a podcast, because I think that if we're not... It's because we're all in a bad mood. (laughs) It's everything. Everything is possible at this point. Everything is still in play. You just if you just if you don't lose, then you don't lose. Yeah, I I mean it's at the point where you have to just win and then go from there because winning is really all that matters. One day at a time, boys. One day at a time. All right. That about does it for the uh, Rock Paul Talk File. All right, everybody, you. get your get your rabbit's feet and horseshoes, and, and you know everybody, what? Everybody, everybody who can show up to the game, be loud. Be at the game, be loud. Wear purple. You know what I would love to see, and frankly, like I know, I know you guys are well. At least you are, John, a Broncos fan. The Broncos lost today, so the people don't have anything to be excited about for the Broncos for this week. So it would be awesome to see a lot of purple rolling around Denver instead of all the Broncos stuff that you see once that season starts. Like, I, <laughs> I just hope Denver, like, at the downtown after the Ian Desmond game was people high-fiving each other and excited and yelling about jerseys and just, like, stoked. And I and I would love to see Denver like that for the next week. That would put me in a good mood. Yeah. So, everybody, wear your purple all week. If you can't go to the game, be loud, be proud. Be loud. Have fun at the game. <laughs> all right. I'll talk right. to you guys later. Start wearing purple. See you guys. Start wearing purple. So, yeah. Start wearing a purple, wearing a purple. Start wearing a purple for me.